Okay. Welcome back to the Ham Palace. I'm here with uh, Susan Alamri, uh, also known as Susan Horn. Susan Horn. All right. Um, she is writing right now. At what you would you say? Like it's kind of a, a like a spooky suspense kind of book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if I want to say horror, but it's more of like a ghost. It's a kind psychological of and supernatural mixed together. Okay. Yes. Great. Um, so this is something that you've you've uh, just started writing within the past few years, or I started about three years ago, and then I put it down, and I didn't pick it back up again until the last few months. Okay. Huh. Okay. Um, and the name of this book is No Timid Read. Yes. Which is quite an interesting title. Um, how long have you been writing? Uh been writing since I was in grade school. I entered all the competitions. I went nationwide a couple times with some of the things that I wrote. So I've always loved writing. Excellent, excellent. Um, what inspired you to write No Timid Read? Well, I I like horror. That's one of my favorite genres. Um, more of the gothic romance types from the 60s and 70s, more than the, the actual uh, Stephen King type. And I published one of those, with, and, and I had a Victorian horror novel um, that I did. And I just wanted to do something just a little, a little different from what I've done before. And just sometimes the ideas pop in my head, and if, if I like them enough, they stay in my head, and I just go with them. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what inspired you to write in general? Or what inspires you, either currently or what inspired you in the past? When I was younger, poetry was what caught my attention. I liked the rhythm and the meter of it. And I did a lot of research-type writing. That's actually my favorite type to do. But I like to go in fiction just because it's, I get an idea. It's like I'd like to read a book like this, so I go ahead and write it. Mm-hmm. I also write a lot of children's literature. Um, I do that for my own children and my grandkids. Uh, they're, the, they're the main characters of all the stories. And I've written them quite a few over the years. I've actually gotten probably about 30 stories written for them. Wow. And I'm working on another one right now for my granddaughters. So That's pretty neat. Yeah. It, it's a nice stress relief for me. and it's just, it's just something special that nobody else can give them, but I can. So do you have like a, like a whole anthology book written out, typed out? Is it published, some of them published, or you just want to keep um, it? Some of my ones, the ones I've written for my children, I've had them bound in leather for my kids. And I have my first novel um, bound in leather for myself. Other than that, they're mostly on the computer. Okay. And I have published one. um, It's called Imagination's Playground by Susan Horn Lomery. And it has the Victorian vampire novel. It has a gothic romance, you know, from the 1960s, 1970s era style and a short sci-fi. Excellent. That's really neat. That's, uh, so that's, would you say all that has kind of prepared you up to this point to write this, this, this novel, uh, No Timid? Um, you know, up until now, it's just kind of been what, you know, I get inspired by something, I get excited about an idea, and I write it. This novel I'm writing now is different because of the writer's group that I'm in. Mm-hmm. They're giving me a lot of really good input and a lot of, good suggestions and they've made me really reevaluate the style because I yeah. I like the Victorian style, I like the style from the sixties and seventies gothic romance, but that's not 
current. Mm-hmm. And so they've, they've made it more than just a novel in a way. Now it's, it's, a, it's a revising of, of how I do it and how I feel about it. So yeah, th- this one's a little different. This one's kind of a, a game I'm playing with myself, too, <laughs> to, to see how I can change my style. Ah, so it's kind of an experiment of sorts, you'd say, right? It didn't start out that way, but that's what it's turned into, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I guess, in a way, uh, and by the way, that's St. Clair's, St. Clair Shores Writers Group. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever in Michigan, whoever listens to this, um, check us out on Meetup. Um, yeah, I think every story I've written, it, it's kind of a mini experiment to, to see whether I can pull it off to mm-hmm. what I intended to do, you know, from the beginning. And it, it, did I do it? Did I did I stick a theme in there that I want a message, um, either whether it's subtle or not so subtle? Did that come across to the reader? Um, so I think in a way, every every story you write is kind of an, a, a small experiment. But this one seems more like a. Like, you're just throwing things like, okay, let's see if that works. Okay, not so much. Let me rewrite this a little bit. And, yeah, I've never had yeah. the opportunity to bounce things off against other writers. Right. Before. so I'm, it's, Me neither, which is great. Yeah, well, I always wrote for myself and my kids, and that's who read the stuff, mostly. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes it quite different. Did your kids ask a lot of questions when you're reading these stories to them? Like, anything like anything constructive or was just kind of like ooh that was good or was any detailed feedback yeah actually one of my daughters started writing okay after I after I uh, gave her the bound copy of her own stories with you know that starred her she came up with her own character and she wrote her own anthology alright and I, my granddaughter now is starting to write she's six but she knows how to use word and paint, and she just wrote her first story because she wants to write stories starring herself and her cousin now. Okay. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how my writing is being picked up by a couple of my, my kids and grandkids. That's great. That's, that's a nice little feedback loop you got with them going yeah, on. Yes, yeah, definitely a nice bond. <laughs> um, how much research goes into prepping a story like this? What do you think? A lot. A lot. Um, no matter what the story, well, the sci-fi that I wrote, not so much, but the horror novel did a lot of research because of the time period and the geography of where it took place, and I did a lot of research on vampire lore for that time, for that area, because I wanted to keep it authentic. Um, the one I'm reading, or sorry, the one I'm writing now, same thing, it takes place in a certain area, so I want it to be authentic to that area. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and you know, recreate a Scottish accent in my writing because it would be very difficult for me to write and difficult for people to read, but as far as any of the background, the history, the customs, um, at one point they go to a circus and they're, it's based on a real circus that actually came to that area. At that time, I've got copies of the flyers for the circus in the back of the, of the story, hmm. you know, to show, show that it was real. Yeah. That's so. neat. All right. Um, and speaking of this, the story, it kind of, um, uh, it, it, it kind of, from what I've read so far, it's kind of like a fish out of water period piece, um, and like in, Vic, in the Victoria area mm-hmm. era <laughs> area. Um, and I find that that's neat. Like, what made you have your main character be, you know, just in a new place? Like, do you like? Do you prefer to write characters that are out of their element? Or what do you think? Um, well, well, I never thought about that before, but 
scanning quickly through my mind, yeah, that does seem to be a theme in the way I write. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's easier for me that way maybe because now they're somewhere new and they're discovering it the same way I am. So since it's all new to me and it's it's all new to them, it, it flows a little more naturally that way. And it cha- it's a challenge that way because you can put plot twists and different things in that wouldn't be be realistic if they were in their natural element. Good point. Yeah, that's right. I never thought of it that way. Very neat. Um, uh, let's see. So my next question for you is... Uh, what advice do you have for brand spanking new writers? Well, that should be easy since I'm dealing with my granddaughter right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The main thing I would say is don't fall in love with your ending. I've, I've had a couple of times where I sat down to write something and I thought I knew where it was going. And when I was writing, it went in a different direction and I would struggle to try to bring it back on track. And finally realize it doesn't have to be back on track. It's, it's a creative process. You get the idea in your head, and you, you put yourself in a direction, but you don't have to be stuck with the direction that you're going in. Because if it's not flowing, it doesn't come across, it doesn't come across natural when you're writing it. Okay. That's, that's a good one. Um, what advice do you have for finding... Finding an idea, pulling an idea out of the out of the ether, inspiration, you know. You know that that could really come from anywhere. Um, it could just be an idea you have in your head, and if you like, you know, I used to just write ideas down, and then I'd go back later and look at them and see which one still appealed. But uh, the one the one uh, gothic romance that I wrote that I published. It was actually a story that I was enjoying very much. And I was talking to my daughter about it. And I said, you know, I'm almost disappointed because I can see where it's going. And it went exactly where I thought it was going to go. Hmm. And she said, well, how, how could you have made that better? Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, now, it's, it's still my own story. I didn't take their characters or their plot line or anything. But I took the basic beginning, the basic idea. And I said, this is where I, wa- I wish that story had gone. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not plagiarizing as long as it's just getting a germ of an idea from some, from a TV show, from a conversation. I don't know how many times I've just sat down and said, I wish there was a, there was a book that I could find like this. I'm looking for this kind of a book. Hmm. That's how I wrote the Victorian vampire novel. I read all the ones I could find. I couldn't find any more, so I wrote one for myself. Huh. Okay, well, <laughs> so, so in that case, it came from other other produced works in the genre. Yeah, just I wanted that genre. I wanted yeah. to read something, you know. And so it's like, oh, I'll write my own then if I can't find another one. And yeah. any idea can be a good idea. You just sometimes just have to play with it a little bit. Right, I like that. Very good. Um, touching back on advice one more time. Okay. Since we talked about new writers, what advice do you have for the older writers? Maybe they got into it late in the game, or maybe they've been writing for a while. They're struggling. They hit a wall. Um, what advice would you have for them? Well, if they hit a wall, if it's just one story, then I would say put the story down for a little while, come back to it later, maybe go to something else. But if they're hitting a wall a lot, then I would advise them to do, you know, what I'd learned from my own experiences. You know, 
Don't be in love with a certain genre or a certain ending or a certain style. If you're hitting a wall, maybe it's just that you're you're not flowing in that direction anymore. And as we get older, we have experiences and we hear things, we see things, we're exposed to new ideas. And sometimes we don't grow, allow our talent and our writing to grow with that. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I'm thinking of a lot of experiences probably the last <laughs> five, ten years. Like, yeah. wow, something's changed and I could, I could really make stories out of those and just how our... Oh, our personalities change because there's no getting away from it. You know, we change as we get older. And, oh, exactly. Uh, I've always been one of those types where I've never wanted to really change. I've never wanted to force change, but it's just kind of something that gradually happens through the all these experiences that we go yeah. through in life. And, and what uh, I found with, with the vampire novel I wrote, I wrote that when I was about 30. I originally wrote it when I was about 20, 21 years old. Yeah. I rewrote it when I was 30. And I kept the same basic plot, but it was just amazing how I would look at it and from, as an, from a more adult viewpoint, yeah. a lot of the interactions, a lot of the reactions and stuff, uh, there were some complexities that I didn't have when I wrote it the first time. Sure. And then when I actually published, I wanted to do the same story, but I went over it again and I ended up rewriting quite a bit of it because from an older a viewpoint again and with more experiences and all that. So the the story is not what it was the first time I wrote it or the second time I wrote it, but each story is relevant to the time period in my life when I wrote it. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's kind of like some of these stories, I think they can kind of grow with us in a way. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, I always say writing a novel is like a marriage <laughs> without being <laughs> married. Yeah. But. It's just you go through your ups and downs. I don't want to do it. I don't want to, you know, write this. And, oh, let's go back to this argument and this plot point. And let's try to flesh us. Do it again. <laughs> it's and a lot it of is. work. You have to be committed <laughs> to doing it. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you're right. You will get frustrated and angry and bored. And, mm -hmm. But you, hit, you always keep coming back to it. And, I think that's, works. you hit the nail on the head. You can become bored of the story. I think that's when it goes on long enough. And it's like, how do I get back into the brief, fresh life into this again? And yeah. you try to go back and remember the things that got you into the story in the first place. And you try to remember that energy. Yes. Well, yeah, because it becomes work. Yeah. You, you give yourself deadlines. You, you, know, mm -hmm. you know that you should be working on it. You don't want to work on it. It, right. it becomes an obligation. You're right. You lose that freshness that you have coming into the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, very good. Um, a few other questions. Sure. I'm going to be wrapping it up in a little bit here. Um, who are your favorite authors? Hmm. Well, wow, I have a lot of them. Um, Dorothy Daniels is my favorite gothic romance author from the 60s and 70s and 80s, and Marilyn Ross. But right now, I would say M.C. Beaton, a mystery writer. Okay. And Preston Child, which is actually a collaboration between, a collaboration between two authors. They do a lot of works together, and they also do them individually. And they, they tend more towards the supernatural, um, but they're very in-depth. Mm -hmm. Their novel, their, their one series started with The Relic, which was a very good movie, but... Um, not anywhere near like what the book was, but I think that went on to like 10 or 12 books mm -hmm. altogether. Wow. I like them quite a bit. 
Would you say um, the, that genre and those genres are particularly strong? Are they they're strong right now, or stronger than they have been in the past? Or do you think you like you like the stories from twenty years ago? And what do you think? For me, it all depends on my mood. Yeah, you know, a gothic romance is a good horror story, um, but it usually runs about one hundred and twenty pages. So you can go pretty fast. Yeah. These days, a Stephen yeah. King or a Preston Child, you might be talking three or four hundred pages. So, yeah. I go back and forth depending how much time and how much thinking I want to put into the, to these stories. Mm-hmm. You know, even like M. C. Beaton, excellent, excellent mysteries, but they're they're light. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of humor, a lot of a, a lot of characters that you can really just get a very attached to the characters. So it's very familiar when you're reading book after book. I like that. That's that's cool. Uh, might read one of those books maybe when we get out of the library. Here. <laughs> um, what is there a certain genre you prefer? What is it? Um, for writing, horror, supernatural. For reading, horror, supernatural, and mysteries are okay. my favorites. Yeah. I like something that cha- that's a little challenging. I want to figure out what's going on, if it's going on, how it's going to end. I'm not, I'm not that much. I don't like romances. I, I tend to find them to have kind of formulas that they follow mm-hmm. a lot of times. I like biographies sometimes. But okay. Mostly I, I like the challenge of figuring out if I can get to the ending before the, before the main character in the book it does. Huh. <laughs> So that the challenge, the yes. puzzle solving, is something that yeah. I enjoy. And, and if I'm just reading for enjoyment, I like a lot of sci-fi and sci-fantasy. Very good. Um, what other, any other novels, stories, or projects that you're you're working on or have worked on that you want to talk about? Anything that um, directly ties into your current work or not? Well, I'm also working on my. Doctorate theory, theses, which started off as a master's thesis, but I'm not in, I'm not in school anymore. I used to write them for other people, but I decided I would write one for myself, and it turned into a quite a large project. And I've recently picked that back up again, and that that's a very fluid one because it's reevaluating the rise and spread of culture from Neolithic times. And every time I think I've got it where I want it to be, there's another new discovery, there's another new dating method that changes something. And actually, when I wrote it, I didn't go to college because it was considered a bad theory. Okay. And now I'm seeing it all over the place on TV. Huh. And that, but, you know, that's how academics go. The theory is not, not in fashion now. Ten years from now it is. Ten years from now it'll probably be out of fashion again. <laughs> yeah, I do find that interesting about... Like, for example, um, I'm thinking of uh, uh, the Sphinx and how they found out through the water erosion or, or some kind of new data that it's much older than we previously thought. Yes, and that's actually quite a big part of my thesis. Yeah. <laughs> it revolves oh, yeah. around, around the Sphinx. Uh, yeah. and uh, It's incredible. And, and, but it takes a long time for archaeologists and scientists to, to say, okay, we'll come to a consensus and we'll yes. agree on it. And that. anything new is automatically suspect. Because mm-hmm. people don't like things to be shaken up too much. Right. But to me, writing a right. research paper on something like that is like writing a mystery story. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what the ending is until you get done researching it. I think that's a good place to kind of end off. Okay. End off on and uh, well, Susan Horn or Susan Alamri, uh, author of No Timid Read. Look for it. Hopefully, 
on Amazon? Um, it'll be on Kindle when I finish it. And right now, uh, Imagination's Playground is available. And if anybody would like to take a look at it, I'd love to hear some feedback from people, see what they think. That's available on Amazon? On Kindle, Kindle yes. That's available awesome. right now. Thank you so much. It's been a great little experience. I'm looking forward to reading more of your work. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed this a lot. Wow, you have the perfect voice for this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've never heard anybody tell me that.